Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. I have attached the link on the website. So if you just visit the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie, you can then find the Patreon link there. Thank you to those that have. This week, I'm bringing you part two of my chat with Lorraine. So in episode 35, I chat to Lorraine about her decision to become a solo mum and how she went down the route of IUI attempts and also IVF um, to bring her down the path that she wanted to go. So to recap first, have a listen to episode 35. And in this episode 36, we chat to Lorraine about her pregnancy, how she delivered the news to her family, which is a really nice moment that she shares with us pregnancy during COVID oh, she, oh, she felt really understandably she felt very isolated and also her birth so of her son Jack so she was induced with Jack but later she had a c-section which she was completely comfortable with and had a really gorgeous positive experience so I hope you enjoy um, the wrap-up to my conversation with Lorraine I loved chatting to her I'm still chatting to her constantly and I hope you enjoy this week's episode I don't know you do it's funny you do feel like there's something in there like obviously two embryos went in so you kind of do maybe it's it's, it's just a mind thing but you, you you kind of feel like there's something there you know um so yeah then two week wait then the one week wait and then the day before christmas eve i went in and had my blood test my pregnancy blood test um, and I didn't do a, a home test. I couldn't bring. I was going to ask. No, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't because I was afraid that if it was positive, I wouldn't believe it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then if it was negative, obviously I'd be heartbroken. So I was like, "Ugh, what will I do?" So I was like, "No, no, I'm not doing that. I'll, I, I can wait." So yeah, went in, had my blood test that morning, and. It was, it was funny actually we go my coffee I had coffee that morning and obviously didn't drink enough water um so when I went in for my blood tests I, I must I mustn't have been drinking enough water anyway or I don't know I was dehydrated so my the veins collapsed in my arms you couldn't get a, a proper draw of blood 
so I felt quite faint and I was like oh god what's happening <laughs> um but she eventually got the blood test taken and she's like okay so we'll, we'll give you a ring later and I was like oh, oh my mean? god <laughs> like I can't wait I have to go back to work now are you kidding me I'm not gonna get anything done and that's that's what happened like I went back and I just couldn't I couldn't do a thing so I decided I'd, I'd go home and, and work work from home <laughs> um so I was on my way home in the car and the the phone rang and it came up on on the car thing yeah it was sims clinic and i answered and it was the nurse and she was saying hey lorraine uh are you are you okay to talk there um um about what did she say i can't remember about your your positive test if you can just confirm your name and date of birth and whatever and i was like hold on back up back up back up you say positive test He's like, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, yes, yes, it's positive, you're pregnant. I'm like, what? <laughs> in the car. Oh, my God, going crazy. So I gave her my details, and then she was like, yes, congratulations, you're pregnant. Oh, God, oh, my stomach. <laughs> I know, I couldn't believe it. Well, I could, but I couldn't. Um, It was crazy. I absolutely, like, I still, I can't remember the rest of the the, the car journey. Like I was driving, I didn't even pull over. I was driving, getting this news. And she, like, she was talking to me um, for most of the journey, um, you know, just kind of what you need to do now. And it's funny because the, because the embryos were brought to day five um, and then they're transferred in. So at that point, including your two week wait, whatever way the science works, I was actually four weeks pregnant. Okay. Yeah. So I, I couldn't wrap my head around that. I was like, what do you mean? Like I, I had gone through a two week wait. So I thought I'd be two weeks pregnant. Right. That's what you would think. But no, you're on almost four weeks. So nice. I, don't, I don't know. what. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. So I was like, oh my God, this is insane. Um. So yeah, absolutely thrilled. I eventually pulled the car over in Rohini village and I'd gotten the phone call way back at like Clontarf Dart Station do you know what I mean so it was you know it was a good good journey um and I went I just walked around to see my friend Claire in Rohini at River Holistic and just she gave me the biggest hug ever I was like we were squealing in the street and going crazy <laughs> gorgeous <laughs> so yeah uh obviously wasn't telling my family because they still thought that I was going in for that transfer in January right, okay so they right so I was like oh this will be a surprise for Christmas um so next day I went into work and on Christmas Eve we don't really do anything in work so I went in early I moseyed around town I sat and had like a nice breakfast by myself and it was lovely just like watching people coming into town reading like families come into town early on Christmas Eve to do their their little bits of shopping and stuff I was like oh it just felt magical it really did um um so yeah and then I went to the Jervis because you know the way they have those little stands there where you can kind of get like the the Christmas tree decorations and you can get your name written on it or whatever so I was like how am I gonna surprise them um and this is Christmas Eve um so I went over and I got one a little snowman with a little like you know snowman uh, kind of fat bellies yeah. 
<laughs> Good idea. Because there was no single man ones, obviously. Um, so on it, I got written um, Lorraine's Bump 2019. Um, so went home that evening and everybody was in my parents' house. And I had like the little bag with the decoration in it and the card. So my dad and my brother were sitting on the couch and mom was sitting on the other chair across at the Christmas tree. So I handed her the bag and I handed my dad the card and I said, there, you read, read that and handed the thing to mom. And I was like, you open that. And um, he dad started reading the card out loud. And in it, I kind of just wrote, you know, like, um, love you guys. Thanks for everything. And, you know, um, just to let you all, I can't remember the exact words, but just I'm, I'm expecting sort of. And once he read it, the, the, him and my brother just looked at each other looked at me screamed jumped off the couch and landed on top of me oh. to give me hope and stuff and meanwhile mom is sitting in the corner at the tree kind of going I can't read this what, what's going on here and then she finally coughed she was like there ain't bump oh my god and yeah the whole place erupted so yeah it was a it was a really nice surprise oh, yeah. brilliant. lovely memory mm. yeah yeah it was just the the culmination as well of a year of planning and treatment and you know it, it had all come to fruition so yeah pregnant oh, cool. <laughs> the excitement yeah it was great so how did you really feel great. then throughout your pregnancy so throughout the first trimester and um first trimester was grand um that kind of brought me up to I didn't really have any side effects in the first trimester like I didn't have any sickness or anything like that um I just I had a bad sciatica which is funny enough because like I didn't have any weight at that point I don't know why that affected me but it was it was quite bad at one point but um it kind of eased itself out um and this was all pre-covid obviously I was still going to the office still working um and all that jazz um and then mid-march COVID happened and we were kind of like I had to tell my boss that actually I had to tell her when I was going through IVF because work was really full on it was really busy and she like she's a ball buster basically she's you know um you, you didn't get a minute it was like very stressful and stuff so I, I kind of had to tell her look you need to back off this is the reason, you know, I'm going through IVF, etc. So she was quite supportive, actually. Um, so I kind of had to tell her early on as well that I had a positive um, pregnancy test before I told her anybody else in work. Um, so, yeah, um, second trimester was pretty much in lockdown. I did have an awful lot of pain on my upper right quadrant so just like under under your boob really um and it can be an indication of an issue with the gallbladder but it wasn't I end I ended up going into the rotunda a couple of times for tests but it was fine I think it was just like referred pain from my back because I, I do have trouble um but the pain was really really bad at times you know walking and sitting and I to be honest I think what contributed to it was um working from home you know I, I didn't have a great setup I was in my bedroom on a tiny desk with a chair that was crap you know that kind of way and 
you know, as you're getting more and more pregnant, you need a better support. And I didn't have it. So, um, but apart from that, you know, it was fine. I suppose you couldn't really um, go to many classes. Did you do anything online? Not really. Um, I did pregnancy yoga with Melissa. Um, Tommy me love with Melissa. Um, she's amazing. Uh, really, really, I just loved her. Um, but again, like that, it's, you know, it's difficult when you're not in a class setting or you're not meeting other pregnant women. I actually, I found it really isolating the whole lockdown, to be honest. Um, Cause it, like that working from home, I, you know, I probably should have been getting out for more walks during pregnancy, but you know, by the time I'd finished a day's work, I was so exhausted that I just couldn't, you know, I was really, really, I was really tired throughout pregnancy. Um, yeah, I don't know. So that's first, second, third trimester was the mo more of the same really, because I didn't really have a summer. We didn't, we couldn't do much, you know, I didn't see many people, you know, it really did have an effect on the experience of being pregnant. Mm. Um, and so did you have any additional checks then or was it just this, the standard scans from having no I actually had more um, thanks for reminding me in the in the beginning I had more scans so I had um, an option to have a nine-week scan um, actually I had my first scan was with the IVF clinic that's um, to confirm the pregnancy and everything is okay excuse me then I had one at nine weeks in the rotunda and then from 12 weeks it kind of just went the same as everybody else so yeah a couple of extra and what was the reaction um, to um the midwives and the consultants in the hospital when you told them what you had achieved <laughs> yeah um really good actually yeah they were really nice and supportive um and like that they had said, you know, oh, wow, you're, you're, you know, we've seen so many um, women coming in that have gone down this road, you know, so there's so many women out there that are in the same boat as myself. Um, and yeah, it's, it's nice to, and that's kind of, you know, when I put the page together, I really wanted just to have put the, put our stories out there like you're doing with the, with this podcast like you know we need to talk more about these things you know um because there is so many women in my situation that probably are so afraid to to take those first steps they it's really daunting there's not enough information out there um and that was the point in setting up the page as well as kind of having that story for my baby when he's old enough you know like so um, and I've had a great response to it, you know, every other day I've women contacting me saying, I really love your page. Thanks so much. Um, you know, they found it really hard to get information as did I, like I couldn't find anything out there, you know? Um, so it's, it's nice to have that point of, to, of contact with other women, you know? Yeah. The hospital were great as well. Really, really great. Um, yeah. So let's dive into your labour then, will we? Yeah. <laughs> so tell us when when was your what was your did you have any preferences um when it came to your labour and Jack's birth? To be honest, no. Um I felt see 
I'd be quite an anxious person. <laughs> um, so the, the, when it came to thinking about giving birth and stuff, and I, as well as that, I try not to think about things until it's actually happened. If, um, especially things like that. I just have to compartmentalize it and go, okay, well, that's happening five weeks down the road. I'll, I'll think about it closer to the time, you know, that kind of way. Um, yeah. But I just kind of felt if I started to have preferences that I'd work myself up, I'd get too anxious about it if it didn't kind of go the way I wanted to. Um, obviously, I had kind of, I would have liked to go natural, you know, a vaginal birth. I would have liked to not have any um, painkillers, you know, the usual kind of ideals. Um, but I didn't hold any weight and I just kind of went, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like the, the baby's going to decide what's going to happen, you know. Um, and then in the last few weeks, I, re I felt so much pressure. Um, so I, I kind of, I did expect that I could go by myself. Um, on my last scan, they told me that they were going to take me in to induce me on my due date, which I don't know. Can I swear on this podcast? Of course, can swear away. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? It was the first time I'd heard it, and this was quite late in the process. I was like, "You're only telling me now that you're going to bring me into it and induce me on my due date because of my advanced maternal age." And the fact that I've had IVF, yeah, I was losing my mind. Um, so yeah, I wasn't really happy about finding that out so late on. So I had to kind of go away and process that. Came to terms with it, blah, blah, blah. The day came, I was due on the August the 26th. My birthday was on August 30th. Um, so the morning came and I had packed my bags about 20 gazillion times as every you know expectant mother does and uh yeah my parents dropped me in obviously nobody could come with me you know and I know that's it's really difficult for everybody at the moment going in for to have a child um that their partners can't come in it's 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 awful um and I could see it when I was in there how hard it is um but for me in the lead up to that I kind of I couldn't really relate because I knew I was going in by myself. You know, I probably could have chosen to bring like my mom or my sister-in-law or something in at crunch time when the baby was coming. But I just kind of said, no, I've embarked on this journey by myself. I'm going to see it through, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're that's amazing. <laughs> like this is like the third time I wanted to cry. <laughs> this just happened to me in interviews. That's just that's incredible. And and it's also so special because it's like it would be you and Jack doing it together. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah, and just that connection with me and him, you know. Obviously, I I did know what I was having. I knew I was having a boy because I found out quite early on. I had that the, those genetic tests done, um, and it took me it took me quite a while actually to come around to the fact I was having a boy because I always thought I'd have a girl for some reason. I don't know. But anyway, it took me a while to get used to it. But then when I did, I was like. Like it was never anything different, you know. I was like me and my boy, you know. Um. So yeah, I decided I I don't didn't want to bring anyone in. I'd I'd go in and do it myself. Um. So induction. Oh my God. 
I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It's horrendous. It really is. Um, I hated every minute of it. I was in there for two days and two nights, pacing up and down the corridors of the rotunda, you know, as I was in the ward and feckin' dozens of women had come and gone, come and If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Gone, come and gone. You know, you're just sitting there watching, and nothing was happening for me. I was in so much pain. My legs swelled up like balloons. I was so uncomfortable. I couldn't lie in the bed. I couldn't sleep. The the second night, I literally just cried my eyes out all night. It was just horrendous. I spent most of the time on my ball, you know, the pregnancy ball, standing because I, I just couldn't lie down, you know. Um, I could only lie down when they were doing, you know, when they put the trace on you to see how the baby's doing um and luckily he was fine <laughs> he was like I'm staying put I'm not going anywhere <laughs> you know um 
and his heart rate and everything was perfect. Um, there was a few hairy moments where I felt that he had stopped moving. You know, when they, they put the trace on, they're like, okay, count it. And I was like, there's nothing happening here, you know. So they, you know, got me up, told me to walk around, drink more water, and then we try again and he'd start moving, you know, it's just lazy little bugger. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was horrendous. Um, but again, they're so nice. I'm there was this lovely nurse, um, he's Spanish, his name is Alex Alejandro, and he's from a little place outside of Gibraltar called La Linea de la Concepcion. Um, and a, a friend of mine that I used to work with donkeys years ago, um, her name is Esther. She's from the same place. So we kind of bonded over that, you know, the way you just find something in common with people and just have a laugh. And he was with me throughout. And um, when I was lying down with the trace on and he was scanning me and having a look at the screen and stuff, he was the one sitting on my ball, bouncing up and down, you know, trying to just take my mind off it, I guess, you know, he was really nice. And he was doing his midwifery training. So I wish him all the best of luck. He'd be a great midwife. Um, and then when we tried three methods, methods of induction and nothing worked, my cervix just was not budging. Um, I have a tilted uterus as it is. So it, it tilts backwards and to the side. So it was really, really difficult to, like some people find a sweep just uncomfortable, like a smear. For me, it was torture. Um, I bawled my eyes out one of the times because, you know, sometimes the, the midwives are not very gentle, you know, it was really, really painful. Um, so yeah, they were kind of, they, they became concerned about my cervix because it just, it wasn't budging. It was quite hard. So like a, a doctor came down from, um, from surgery to check herself and she was like have you ever had a surgery you know has have you ever had anything going on with your cervix blah 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 and I'm like no like you know I've, I've had regular smears I had a smear just before I started IVF treatment and it came back fine so at that point I was getting really upset and nervous you know like what is going on here am I not going to be able to deliver my baby like um and meanwhile like I was having labor pains um, not I uh, seem to be able to manage them okay like they were looking at them on the screen going are you not in a lot of pain right now I'm like it's really uncomfortable but I'm okay like um so yeah two days later it was still not happening um so they they finally came down did another sweep things hadn't changed so they were like you know the the option is there for for a c-section at this point um and they talked me through it a little bit and i kind of at that point i just wanted jack to come it like into my life safely you know um, and for me to be safe so i just say I, I consented to it i was happy enough to go ahead and and get it done you know um Obviously, I would have loved a vaginal birth just to have that experience because, like, he'll probably be my only child, you know. I'm 41 now, so I don't... I can't see myself doing it again by myself, you know, because um, it's very hard, you know. 
going through IVF pregnancy and giving birth by yourself is incredibly hard. Um, yeah, getting upset again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had to fast from 10 o'clock that night and they'd schedule me obviously for when there was a break or when they could because you know they they have to take the emergencies first and although mine wasn't planned it wasn't an emergency um so the next day you know you're waiting and waiting you can't eat and every time they come around with a bloody trolley of food you're like I'm fasting I can't eat and you're still in pain and oh it's just oh you just want it over with at that stage you know um so we're waiting and waiting and every time the midwife came you're like is there any news and they're like no we'll ring down again and you know obviously they're, they're trying to get through as many people as they can or whatever um so the fine the, the call finally came and I had in the meantime to try and distract myself I had myself all packed up everything ready to go all I was allowed to go down with was um a, like a, a an outfit for Jack and a nappy on my phone <laughs> so um yeah the phone call came and Alex came in to get me ready and he came down with me bless him like he held my hand brought me down he was so nice and he handed me over to the team um and made sure I was okay before he left um and then yeah so one of the anesthesiologists I can't say that word came out and explained everything to me before I went in because I hadn't a clue what I was walking into you know what I mean like you really you, you, you're not prepared for a section well I wasn't anyway I don't know if anybody ever is um and she sat down and went through the list with me and she was like do you have any questions and I was like I, I really I really don't know to be honest and she's like yeah we get it that a lot and I was like, you know, when you're trying to prepare for birth, even in antenatal classes, you're preparing for how to breathe, how to, you know, prepare for a vaginal birth. You Like all the visualizations and everything that I had done, I had done everything up until that point. It just, it all goes out the window, you know, and there is absolutely no preparation out there for how to prepare for a C-section, you know. People don't really talk about it. So I was kind of like, okay, let's just let, let's do it. Um, so got in there and there's, there's a whole team of people. Um, and it was just, it was incredible. They, they just, you know, they're all busy doing their each individual roles. Everybody knows what everybody else is doing. It's really super calm. Um, they get you up in the bed. The, they tell you how to, you know, fold yourself over so they can get the right spot for the spinal block. Um, and you, then you can just start to feel your whole body go numb. And they obviously, they're watching your your vitals and all the rest. So I had one anesthetist here, another one there, another lady here, can't remember her name. Um, but this guy here held my hand throughout and he was checking my blood pressure. And they, they have like a curtain up as well. So you can kind of see them cutting it and stuff. Um, and it's bizarre, even though you're you're numb, you can kind of feel this tugging business going on. 
um, but there was a, a team of three doctors and the doctor that was doing the actual section from beginning to end, her name was Amy, Dr. Amy. Um, and she was incredible. It was her first time doing a section from start to finish. Her first. Oh, cool. Yeah. So she had done, she'd been in like the theater before she'd done this part or this part or, you know, she'd participated in it, but it was her first time doing mm. a full section by herself. And yeah. Did you know that before or after? After. <laughs> <laughs> Well, during, obviously, um, because uh, there was a point where I, I think the main doctor, there was two, Amy and um, another lady, I can't remember her name, I have it written down somewhere, and a male doctor, he was at the foot of the bed, and at, at some point, I can't remember what it was, um, he turned around and he said, oh, that's brilliant, good girl, and I, in my kind of souped up state on drugs, I was like, what? to me good girl I thought I was having a boy and I just kind of went what the fuck is going on you know um I what and whatever effect the medication had on me I just I was laughing like I was I laughed my way through it it was amazing it was yeah it was really really cool and the the guy who was here on my left he was incredible he took my phone I was like do you think there's any chance that they'd lower the curtain for me so I can actually see Jack being born? Um, and they did. They lowered it and he took my camera. Oh, brilliant. Took pictures. I have the most incredible pictures of Jack being born, right? And obviously they he was born. And I think that they were holding him up. One had a leg, the other had his arm. And they were like, oh my God, look at look at his balls. <laughs> They were huge. They were like the cojones on this guy. And he came out scre screaming and kicking and punching and all the rest. So not unlike what he's like now. He's um he's some personality. Um yeah, and he was he was big, he was eight, two and a half. Um but yeah, it was just so funny. Um and then they obviously took him off to to clean him up a little bit and brought him straight over to me and took the gown down so I could have him on my chest for a little while. Oh, wow, which was cool. amazing. And like, I didn't even cry. I was just so over the moon. I just, I had him here. He was here. After everything that I'd been through, here he was on my chest, my little boy. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, oh my God, this is mental. You're here. Like, this is what you look like. Because I had wondered like all along, I was like, what's he going to look like? You know, and there he was, this little man. I'm like, god you're amazing <laughs> and I have some lovely pictures as well where they um they kind of you know you're, I was lying down obviously and they put his head next to mine and I have lovely pictures of that as well um yeah it was just it was so special it was really really special and then they had to obviously with a section you you can't have your hour of tummy or skin to skin but you have a little bit and then they have to kind of take them so they can stitch you up you know there's that part as well um and they did deliver the, the placenta as well which I was getting encapsulated so they had to kind of put that in the freezer bag and had to to get my sister-in-law to come and take it and Jesus yeah so there was a lot going on um but yeah it was to be honest it wasn't what I was expecting but it was the most incredible experience of my entire life like it really really was it was like a room full of happy angels yeah 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was going to say you had such a gorgeous group of people. Yeah, I was blessed and I just felt so minded. I really did. They really looked after me. Um, Yeah, it was incredible. And there he was. And then I was brought into recovery. And that's when we had our a lot of skin to skin and trying to get him to latch so I could feed him and stuff like that. But that's another story in itself. Um, yeah. So that was the story of his birth and the little man is here. And yeah, it was, it was magical. How did you feel then recovery wise? How did you, how did um, you recover after the section? Yeah, really, I found it really difficult. So I was, I was in, that was, he was born on the 28th which was, I think, was it the Saturday? My God, my brain is gone. Um, and I got home. I couldn't tell you what day either of mine were born. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. It's amazing how quick you forget. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was in for a good few days, but for the first the first 48 hours were really, really hard. Because um, obviously, when I, after recovery, I went on to a ward while I was supposed to be in, um, I, I'd gone semi-private because my work insurance policy covered it. So why not? Um, so I was on the general ward, ward while I was waiting to go up to the Lily Suite. Um, and so I had him at half three in the afternoon, 3.35. And I didn't get a morsel of food until seven o'clock. And I was, I have to say, lepping because I had, I had been fasting since 10 o'clock the night before. So literally I just couldn't function, you know, as well as being numb from the waist down and trying to hold this little person and breastfeed. I was like, I have nothing to give because I haven't eaten. I'm just, I have no energy. I can't, you know, um, so when they they did bring me around some tea and toast, which was heaven, absolutely amazing, and it's as good as everybody says. Um, and then eventually, when I was brought up to the my ward that I'd be on, um, one of the the night midwives, um, her name was Bernie. She was lovely. She, I asked her, I was like, look, I'm sorry, um, I haven't really eaten enough today. Is there any chance? I know I've missed dinner. Can you, you know, bring me even a bit more toast? You know. And she came back and she had this like big salad and, you know, some, some slices of bread and stuff. So and tea, more tea. Um, so, yeah, it was incredible. But the, yeah, the first 48 hours I found really difficult um, breastfeeding. I really, really wanted to. Jack was tongue tied. So he couldn't latch. He just he couldn't bless him. Um, but we persevered. We tried, tried and tried and tried. And. I cried, he cried, there was a lot of screaming. Um, he, he, he nearly became jaundiced um, because of it. Um, yeah, so that the second night, I just fell apart, to be honest. Um, I cried for the whole night. It was, it was coming into the day of my birthday. I was just, I sobbed the whole night long. Eventually the midwife came in and I said, can you please just take him and give somebody, give him a bottle. Um, he's not getting enough. Like it just, it wasn't working. And I was heartbroken. I really was. Um, and I obviously didn't want to, to give him away. You know, I wanted to, to mind him and, and you know, keep him with me and stuff, but I hadn't slept in 48 hours. So I had to, I just had to hand him over and they looked after. Yeah. You just mind yourself. Yeah. So I got like, 
a couple of hours sleep and um, then they brought him back in and they had fed him and he was grand. So it was bottles from then on, which is fine. You know, look, I really wanted to um, breastfeed, but it just didn't work. Yeah, yeah I was home. Yeah, exactly. I was home a week and I went and, and got the, the tongue tie sorted. Um, so then I did try to, you know, reestablish, but it just, I couldn't do it because I was trying to, he, he still kind of wouldn't latch at that stage because he was so used to the bottles, you know, when they, they get developed their suck. Um, so then I tried to express and I just, I, I wasn't getting enough time to rest at that stage because I was feeding them and in between feeds, I was trying to express and it was just, it was hell. Um, and I was exhausted. So that was knocked on the head and he's happy out on his bottle. He's, he's grand. He's trying, he's, he's fecking huge. He's three months and he's huge, <laughs> you know? So he's a buster. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the, the culmination of a dream turning into reality. So. Oh, Lorraine, these things you're saying to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's crazy. And just to even relive it, talking to you here is just, um, I don't know, it makes me very emotional and very proud of myself, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you said that. Everyone, yeah. like throughout the whole thing, everyone's like, oh, my God, you're so brave. And I, I, I always said, ask anyone who said it to me, I always just, my comeback is always like, I don't feel brave at all, you know people go through an awful lot worse you know I, I feel very lucky and very blessed not brave you know um it was something I had to do because I wanted it so much I I just had to make it happen you know it was now or never um so yeah I just that's it I hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you'd like to share your story you're more than welcome to you can get in touch via Instagram at Ireland's Birth Stories or you can reach out over the website irelandsbirthstories.ie. I look forward to bringing you another episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.